Hello, friends. Hello, 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 friends. A tradition unlike any other. Oh, 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 my goodness. In your life have you seen anything like that? There it is. Adam Scott, a life changer. Mashed potato. Here it, here it, here it, here it comes. This is the 19th Tea Podcast, Kieran Marsh. Nathan, Drudy, back with you for another Monday evening. Drudstar, Brooks Kepka, mm. a second-time winner at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, now an eight-time winner on the PGA Tour, finally as many tour wins as he does majors, a 20th win worldwide, and his first since the middle of 2019. Brooks is back. Maybe not the person we were hoping uh, was back. We'll get to Absolutely. all that and plenty more, Drudes. But first up, as we always do, let's crack open a Gage Roads. Thanks to our great friends at Gage Roads Brewing, WA's premier independent brewery for more than 15 years, named after the strip of ocean that separates Rotnest and Fremantle. I've gone back to the trusty Pipe Dreams Lager this week for me. Single fin for me. Obviously. Yeah, it's just what's in the fridge. I've just got the box of Pipe Dreams sitting on the floor. Lazy. Obviously. Brooks Kepka droots uh, yes. Unbelievable, really. Coming off the back of missing three consecutive cuts for the first time in his career, starting the day today, what was it, five shots back? Yeah. To go on and win, as I said, for the eighth time on the PGA Tour. Uh, unbelievable. What, what, I mean, not the, not the result we'd maybe envisaged or no. um, more so hoped for at the beginning of the day, and we'll get into that uh, as, as we move along tonight. But for Brooks Kepka, um, back to the type of golf we were used to in that epic run of, of major victories and something we haven't seen, questioned whether or not we ever would see again given the run of injuries he's had in the last you know, 12 to 18 months. 100%, and he said himself in the, in the post-round uh, uh, media conference, I'm not sure if you saw this, but... He, he himself doubted uh, whether he would actually return. He said his knee's obviously been um, playing up significantly and he doubted himself whether he would be able to get back to the lofty heights that we that everyone knew and that he knew that he was capable of achieving, of course, winning all those major championships. But um, I think a massive step forward for him today, whether you, you like Brooks Kepka or you don't, um, I mean, far out to play the final um, the final one, two, three, four, five holes in five under par is is some sort of golf. Um, really turning it on at the right time, and uh, yeah, no one was able to to chase him down. You mentioned those final was it five holes and five under par today? Yep. I saw a stat earlier, unbelievable. So holes thirteen through eighteen mm-hmm. across the tournament, the four days of the tournament. What do you bearing in mind he finished the tournament at nineteen under? Yeah. But across the four days, what do you think he played holes thirteen through eighteen at? Oh, uh, somewhere in like the maybe four or five over par range. I'm that's just a genuine spitball. Fourteen under. There you go. <laughs> With one bogey. <laughs> Yeah, it's bizarre. And like 16, we sat here and we spoke about this last year. 16 gets all the attention and they still had a stadium this year. It was a bit weird because they only had a handful of fans there. But 17 is the hole that makes or breaks that tournament each year, 100%. And he chipped in for Eagle. (laughs) So It's honestly, it's, it's one of the true, true risk and reward holes on the entire tour. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that there's many 
faking um, and, and portraying themselves to be risk reward. I mean, I, my mind cast back to, I don't know, it was something you were incredibly critical of at the time, the 15th of the Travellers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't see that today. We didn't see overgrown grass stopping balls. It broke a lot of hearts, particularly in the final round. And it really was a, a genuine juxtaposition to see balls fly into the water on 17 and Brooks step up and hit, you know, a chip in eagle, um, which ultimately sealed the tournament for him, but was back to his big boy Brooks best. 100%. When, yeah, he's, I- when he flicks that switch, Drews, and decides, and it's that's what it is. It's, it's a decision to bully the field. That's exactly mm-hmm. what he did today. Yeah. Uh, he, he goes to a place that very few can match. Hundred percent. I don't. I, I think that maybe who am I trying to put in this group? Maybe DJ, maybe DJ and Rory. Maybe the only other two that can can match it with him. Maybe. Oh, I don't even know who else would fit into that category. But he he was a man on a mission this afternoon or, or this morning, whatever whichever time zone you're, you're listening to this in. Um, but yeah, once he chipped in on seventeen. Uh, that was a bloody difficult chip too. Uh, and so for, for that to come off, um, that was a tournament then and there. I know Xander still had a chance. I know um, Spieth was, had a very minuscule chance. Um, KH Lee was obviously thereabouts. Uh, it, it, it was all but, all but done in my eyes when I saw that ball go in. I mean, my heart sank a little bit because obviously the world was rooting for Jordan Spieth. But um, yeah, he Brooks was... Brooks was something else today in, in on that back nine. I mean, the front nine was, you know, a little bit hit or miss. He made bogey and then an eagle, but and then went on a huge run of making pars. But when it came to a clutch moment, he he was by far and away the best player on that course uh, on uh, Sunday afternoon in, in Phoenix. Unbelievable, Drews. And I think that, you know, we always speak about on this podcast, what you want to see is someone – Someone go and win it. Someone go and take it out yeah. of another person's hand on a Sunday. That's the mark of a of a truly, truly great player. Um, which we sleep on Brooks a little bit, and I think it's probably much like we said about Dustin in the past. I think it's it's a lot to do with his attitude. He's not apathetic like Dustin. He's almost it's almost as if sometimes golf is a burden. It's almost as if sometimes I couldn't be asked. Because I'm a sense of arrogance about it. Hundred percent. I'm better than all of you, Mm. and I've got no doubt, Druids. I've got no doubt that there was a not a small part of his personality um, that took it personally. No one was talking about him. Like off the back of that Saturday round, to your point, the entire golfing world, and we'll talk about it a little later in this episode, was pushing for one result, Mm -hmm. and. And nobody had even considered the option that, you know, if it wasn't Jordan Spieth, it was going to be Xander Shawfly. No one had even considered five shots back the option that it could be a four-time major winner. And I think he takes that person. I think it grinds on him. Mm. We were texting yesterday about, you know, how um, we we're obviously talking about Spieth and, and I said to you, the scary part is that- I was only talking about Spieth. Yeah, I, obviously, but- I said to you, the scary part was that a guy by the name of Justin Thomas was only a couple of shots back going into mm. Sunday. And whenever I see JT a couple of shots back heading into Sunday, alarm bells start going off in my head. We weren't even considering Brooks Kepka winning today's tournament. To go and shoot 65 today is enormous. And, you know, to your point, coming off the back of three missed cuts, I mean, he hasn't played for, for a while in between tournaments. He had the Maya Cobra back in 
June, and then his next start was uh, June of 2020, and then his next start was the American Express this year and the Farmers Insurance, which he missed the cut. Prior to that, it was actually really quite interesting. He finished T7 at the Masters. I, mean, yeah. I think I think we forget about that that actually even happened. Um, we were so infatuated with everything else that was going on and, and caught up in the fairy tale that was DJ and, and his um, and his dominance. But also the week before that, he finished T5 in Houston. So, I mean, he had a little bit of form towards the back end of last year, um, but nothing was clicking in 2021. So I, I can't work out. I keep going back and forth whether it was a surprise that he won today or whether I'm, whether I'm not surprised. I, I haven't quite worked out exactly where I sit, I probably should have before I jumped on and started talking into a microphone, but um, it's one that I, I keep going back and forth on. I'm not sure if you can split these two words or if we're just playing semantics. I don't think I was surprised. Like I'm not surprised he won. I think it was unexpected. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Because yep. I, I'm not I'm not surprised to see what we know Brooks kept get to be capable of of being step up and win the tournament in the fashion that he did today. I think it just because of what we've seen from him, you know, I mentioned, I mentioned that's his first win since um, the WGC event in June of 2019. And yep. he's not, not been close prior to that. I mean, you say T7 at the Masters, but no one was really close to, to Dustin. He's, he's, you know, um, we've had knee injuries. We've had some lower back concerns. There's been some genuine question marks that said at the top that he'd ever get back. To where he was because he looked a long way off and not not talent wise it hasn't been like space it's it's been a body issue and as soon as those knees and particularly the lower back start to creep in it becomes a matter of of if not when uh, I think to see him recapture that to see him you know go down the stretch as you say five under through the last five to, to eagle seventeen and then to step up onto eighteen and pipe his drive three sixty down the right to exactly where he needed to be. That's the Brooks we we came to know through that that unbelievable run of majors. It was mm. a complete confidence. It was bully golf. It was, you know, just unabashed certainty in where the ball was going. And we haven't seen that from him in a while. And I think there'd be some people now a, a little concerned, depending on how it translates moving forward. I agree with you. A couple of questions that have come through that relate to to Brooks, and I think this is the time to put it in. Just a comment here from Banana Phone, um, who just gave it boo. <laughs> just <laughs> really not a fan of uh, of Brooks winning. Um, but Ramdog eighty three, obviously fantastic supporter of the the pod. Um, will Brooks finish twenty twenty one as the world number one? Where is he currently ranked? As you as you've had, uh, is he fifteen? I don't know. I'm just having a guess. Have a well, guess. I'll- Where do you reckon? Go on. Uh, Brooks, I reckon nine. Okay. 13. He's 13. Yep. All right. Okay. You were closer. I mean, shit, the guy. Close like without going over, though. Four majors. Yeah, closest without going over. I like that rule. I've, yeah. I'd never win these guessing games. Who's ahead of him? Can we just do this? Because you don't have it in front of you. So I don't. Here's, here's our tangent, first tangent for 2021. He's 13th in the world. Top, can you tell me the current top 10? All right. Well, 13 is Victor Hovland. Who's 11? Sorry. Sorry. Hold on, hold on. Let's just circle back. Can here. I just throw some names at you? I don't know if I'm going to get it in order. This is not the fucking price is right. Yeah, well, maybe. Larry. <laughs> Come on. So Victor Hovland's 13. My apologies. Brooks Kepka is number 12. Okay. 
So I, I, I'm not going to get this in order, but I'm just going to throw names at you that I think are ahead of him. Okay. So I know are ahead of him. I know that Dustin Johnson's ahead of him. Yep. Justin Thomas is ahead of him. Yes. Rory McIlroy's ahead of him. Yes. Webb Simpson's ahead of him. Um, yep. So beyond that, Patrick Reed is yep. ahead of him. Yep, he is 10. Uh, Tyrrell Hutton is ahead of him. Yes, he's at five. Tyrrell Hatton's fifth in the world. Unbelievable. Career high fifth in the world, Tyrrell Hatton. Uh, you missed a few big ones. <laughs> people are screaming at me as we speak. Yeah. Uh, work our way back. Oh, You've got two, three, seven. Second, second in the world. The second yeah. and third in the world. Yeah. You've got two, three, seven. And nine and eleven to go. Two, three, seven, nine, and eleven. Uh, this is this is embarrassing. Well, one won a major last year. This is actually two of them won a major last year. Two of them won a major last year. So Dustin won the Masters. <laughs> Who won um, the other two? Bryce and DeChambeau was one of them. Yes. Um, the other was Colin Morikawa. Yes, he's at seven. He's at seven. So Bryson's at three. Bryson's at nine. Bryson's at nine. Mm-hmm. So, so you I'm still it. missing two and three. You're missing two and three and ten. I mean, I don't know how you're missing two and three. Where's JT? Fourth. Three. Oh, I said JT. JT. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, you definitely said four. JT. Okay. Two and four. Rory? What's he? Six. Yeah. Who's the fourth-ranked player in the world? Who's the second-ranked player in the world? Who is the second-ranked player? <laughs> Do you even know the fucking golf podcast? I don't know. Jordan um, Rahm. Oh, shit. Yep. Xander oh, Shawflay. What the fuck did he last win? Xander I love him. Plays at four. Shawflay. Wow. And Patrick Cantlay's at 11. We'll get there. Okay. I think I did relatively well. And then to pat out the top 15, Tony Finau at 14, Daniel Berger at 15. Berger I almost would have put ahead of um, Brooks. Who's the highest rated Aussie? I mean, this is we've just really gone sideways. Haven't we? Uh, I'm still going to say Scotty. Yeah, 22. Yeah. Can I tell you, the OWGR is an absolute piss take. (laughs) I know. That's who I'm looking at. I'm looking at OWGR. I know we don't love it. That is an absolute piss take. (laughs) Respectfully, like it, 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 how golf world rankings don't move more as a power ranking is beyond me. I'm like, really. I love John Rahm, but John Rahm is not, at the moment, the second best player in the world. No, you wouldn't have thought so. Patrick Cantlay came into contention once in recent memory. Do you know what, Pat, uh, do you know what John Rahm's worst finish is in his last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven starts? Worst finish. Yeah. Uh, somewhere, out, somewhere between T20 and T30. Yeah, T23. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, well, that's probably why second in the world. There you go. What do I know? <laughs> anyway, um, we'll we push digress. on from, uh, from the prices, right? You don't take home the showcase. Mm. Other question uh, is, sorry. Yes, we Ramdog's question. Yeah. Will he finish world number one? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. No, he does not jump from 12 to one. No. He only he went one spot I today. I don't think he... I don't think he gets inside the top five, to be honest. No, I think he ends up inside the top 10, but I don't think he ends up inside the top five. Yeah. 
there's a couple of guys at the bottom end of that top ten he can leapfrog. I don't think he I don't think he goes on enough of a run. That's the question, right? Is it sustained? Is it well, a is it yeah. a blip? Is it an aberration? Is it a flash in the pan? Is it sustained? One thing I saw which was outstanding, um eighty six point one percent greens in regulation this week. Mm-hmm. The Huge. most he's earned in a PGA tour event since his win at the twenty seventeen US mm-hmm. Open. He entered the week at sixty four point one percent, ranked one ninety second on tour. There you go. So he found like he found his irons this week. Big Absolutely. time. He did. Absolutely. Big he did. time. Um and the sort of the follow-up question around Brooks, because most of them are around speed. Uh, one combines the two. But um is this the end of the Brooks slash majors only theory? It's such a weird stat. I mean, I mentioned at the top he now has as many wins on tour as he does majors. So today his fourth win on tour. Uh, equaling his four majors, um, eight wins in total on the PGA Tour, and now twenty wins worldwide. I, I don't. I think there's been a a line of thinking that he doesn't care enough mm-hmm. about these, and I wouldn't have necessarily given you incontrovertible evidence to say that's wrong. I genuinely believe he peaks himself. I mean, it's that's this is a stupid thing to say. Everyone peaks for four tournaments a year. But this guy may be more than most. I, I honestly don't know that he cares. But maybe, just maybe, when the field's right and when there's circumstances conspiring, coming off a run of three cuts in a row, I've never done that in my life. I've, you know, I'm in a bit of a, a flux with my, my coaching situation. We got rid of Claude Harmon around the time of the Masters and we haven't really replaced him. Brilliant answer in the in the post-match um Press conference today asked about, you know, who's he working with? He said himself, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm just doing me, which is, I think, ominous for everyone else because mm-hmm. when he's in that real fuck you attitude, like he clearly was today, which is half the reason he doesn't engender himself to most people is because he's just a bit of a prick most of the time, even when he wins. But that should worry people because it's getting back to where he was when he won those four majors. I, I don't know that it puts the theory to bed, but I don't know that the theory will ever be put to bed. I, don't, I think he could win eight times on the tour and, and have no more majors and, and still have people think that does he actually, like, does it really mean that much to him compared mm. to all the majors he's won? I think it's his personality. You know, we spoke endlessly about this with on uh, around Dustin Johnson, right? Yes. Um, I, I find the two of them very similar, even though they had a dust up from all reports. Didn't they? That was, that was yeah. a thing. Wow. Supposed to be best buds and then post Ryder Cup loss. Yeah. The gloves so, were off. I mean, it would have been one of the great boring fights, wouldn't it? I mean, imagine the two of them. Oh, fuck you. Oh, fuck you. No, it would have just been so boring, the two of them actually going at each other. And Brooks would have beaten the shit out of DJ too because he's an absolute unit. But I think it goes to his personality. Is like, I think, I think the wins mean something to him. Like, of course, majors are going to mean more to you than any regular tour win of course like that's that's natural right so i think when he's up for majors like i, I get it like i i kind of get the the apathy or or the 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 not caring attitude towards winning a, a tour event like i definitely understand that um I, I love it when there's a bit more uh excitement and emotion around winning that's me personally but i i certainly understand um you know, where where his emotion comes from or lack of emotion comes from at times. I can I can 
personally pretty distinctly separate the two. Mm. I think DJ is just a laid back guy. I think he's just generally apathetic, not like he's very much a control the controllables. I love golf, but it's not my life. I'm a pretty rounded guy. I don't, you know, my emotions don't stray too much level headed. And I think that translates to a perception of not caring. I think Brooks is respectfully just a bit of a dick sometimes. Mm. And I think there's a difference. I think there's a difference between being, hey, man, um, that's cool. I'm just here to hit the ball and maybe pick up, you know, 30 mil and go home and, you know, that'll be cool too because that's life as opposed to, you know, I don't want to fucking answer your question. Leave me alone. I've won mm. four majors. I don't have to talk to you. Mm. I, I think there's a, for me, there's a pretty distinct difference. And, I, and that's why I think I, I'm far more inclined to give DJ the benefit of the doubt than I am to Brooks. Mm-hmm. Look, to be honest, and, and the, the conversation has been gearing this way since we hit record, Druids. Ultimately, I felt nothing. Like he won today and for as impressive as what it was, and I don't want to take anything away from that, the way he stepped up today and ripped the tournament out of everyone else's hand was awesome Like from a, from a spectacle perspective. But I felt nothing. <laughs> like it's just it's, – it's irrelevant to me. Mm. And I was so fucking flat. Like I, I, I said to you last night, I probably won't sleep much tonight. I didn't. And people think like people probably by this stage, a hundred, you know, almost one hundred and ten episodes in, probably um, are a combination of have a bit of a giggle and roll the eyes when I talk about Jordan Spieth. It's legit. It's mm. serious. Like he's easily my favourite player, more so than anybody else. Mm-hmm. It's not even close. And to see what we saw on Saturday, to light that fire, we've said it the number of times in you know the last six months. Chaos is a hell of a drug, and we've been on that ride. Goodness me, we've been on that ride, and we've got a sniff, we've got a little taste of what it's like on Saturday and to see what happened today and not just to see the way that he lost it, but to see Brooks win, I felt nothing. Mm. And well, that's let's go to Jordan sums Spieth. up Brooks. Yeah. Well, let's, do you want to go to Jordan Spieth or do you want to work your way down the leaderboard first? Nah, let's go. Let's just go there. I mean, yeah. I, as I said, I think we've been, it's where, it's where the conversation's been gearing since we've said hello. So but it's been the biggest talking point in, in the golfing world this week easily but it's i think it's been the biggest talking point for quite some time i mean we've we've spoken endlessly about dj's dominance and how he's in his own dynasty i mean locally here you and i spoke for for a long time about the the aussie dominance around the world at the beginning of last year and but as you said to me i don't think there's been this much hype around an event uh, I mean, like we're talking about the Phoenix Open, by the way, like, you know, it's an event that normally gets a lot of attention, but we're not talking about a major. And this felt, this had major vibes to it, to me with, with, with speaking intention. I don't think we've felt what we've felt since Tiger or we've, we've, uh, since Tiger 2019, or we've spoken about it as much as we have since Tiger at 2019 in the masters personally. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 Tweeted on Saturday after watching that round. It's the most enjoyable, and I've got skin in the game. There's no doubt about that. But I think the universal reaction to what we saw uh, after the third round speaks exactly to the fact that I found it to be the most enjoyable uh, day's viewing of golf since the final round of the 2019 Masters. Mm. Um, Nobody, this is a, 
again, uh, I think I think this is going to be seen through my 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 obvious and unashamed Spieth bias. Nobody shifts the needle like Tiger and Jordan. Like if you think about what we've what we've seen since Jordan's been in the wilderness, we've seen, you know, his last win was the 2017 Open Championship. We've seen Brooks Kepka win three majors since then. Yeah, and I just said to you, I feel nothing. Like it's it's genuinely almost irrelevant. Is a strong word, but I, I don't I don't get anywhere near the same sense as I do when Jordan goes on a heater in the third round at the Waste Management Open. Hmm. We saw DJ go through a period of absolute dominance. The way that he, the way that he blasted through the playoffs last year, the way that he absolutely controlled Augusta National to win his first Masters in November of last year, we weren't talking about it like we talked about what happened on Saturday. Nobody shifts the needle like he does outside of Tiger. I, I think I, what we saw on Saturday was the, the universal reaction from the from the golf viewing and golf fan community was unbelievable. Yeah, I agree. I, the only one I'd put in that category is maybe Rory. I yep. think that Rory is, as we say, the the I don't know what do you call him the the leader of this generation. Statesman. He, he's yeah, the, yeah statesman. he's the statesman. He's the one they look to. Yeah, absolutely. But to your absolutely. point, I mean, it's, Saturday was electric. Saturday was unreal. That was some of the best golf I've seen for, for quite some time. And and you know what? His driver still sucked. That was <laughs> shit ass. That was I'm clicking back through here. I'm looking at the back nine. Tenny made a birdie and he was miles out of position. He was practically on the other hole. 11, he hits the fairway. 12's a par three. 13, he finds the fairway. 14, he misses. 15, he barely makes it. 16's the par three. 17 miles off. 18 miles off. Like he was, his driver is still playing up. And that's the scary part for me with Jordan Spieth. And this is what we've banged on about for the 18 months that we've been doing this podcast is that if he fixes that, he's almost going to be unstoppable because every other part of his game is so good. Drew, he was, uh, I mean, can't. Can't, cannot understate it enough. His ranks through three rounds. So at the end of Saturday, he was first in strokes gained approach, sixth in strokes gained putting, last in driving accuracy. Yeah, it's absurd. And I said to you last week when we saw, we saw some glimmers. We didn't see the complete package like we saw on Saturday, but last week we saw some glimmers. I said to you, he's probably the best second shot player in the game, mm-hmm. and he has to be the positions he puts himself in. <laughs> But, like, he shot 61 on Saturday, Drudes, and lost strokes to the field. Yeah. Like, uh, he, what he did on Saturday, you look, you look through the scorecard, it was, you know, it was a pretty so-so start. You know, he was two under three, four. And then he starts, the, the ball starts rolling. He was awesome on eight. And then to your point, he was nowhere on 10, gets up and down for birdie. Birdie's 11. Pass 12, birdie 13, par 14, and then we go on the run. You know, birdie, 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 par to finish. That The putts that he made coming down the stretch, the putt on 17, phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal on, on Saturday. And I just, yeah, I, I mean, I, I got caught up 
I, I definitely got caught up and I promised myself I wouldn't. I said, th- I said this to you. I said it to the people who listen to this podcast. I won't start to believe until I see it on Sunday. And I couldn't help myself because as I said, we got a taste. We got a taste of what it was like. We saw on Saturday the thing that we've been yearning to see and the undeniable fact that the game, and this is the other thing about him, there are probably only the amount of players you can count on one hand who lift the game mm. collectively when they play well. And there's nothing quite like around when he – I haven't seen him smile the way that he smiled Yeah, in like three years. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I said on Twitter. Like he genuinely looked happy for the first time in, in quite a while. And, of course, you're going to be happy when you're playing good golf. But there was there was something a little bit different about Saturday. Um, and, I mean, yeah, it's – I mean, it was devastating, I guess, in a lot of ways for him not to win it today. Um, but when Brooks Koepka is playing like that, it's very hard to stop. Mm. I, I thought there were – like – when, when did you know that he'd lost it today? When did you think, or not lost it, when did you know that he wasn't going to be able to win it? Oh, it was really hard because, I mean, he was, given the way that everybody else, I mean, let, let's be honest, Brooks obviously went on a heater today. Um, <laughs> you know, KH Lee, who we'll talk about in a minute, Jesus, the South Korean production line is something else. Also he, sponsored by the, CJ. Also. He's the third South Korean we've talking about as many weeks. It's phenomenal. <laughs> And guess what bloody hat he's wearing? He's wearing a CJ hat. CJ. KH Lee was there. James Hahn, I've never heard of, but was in contention there for a while. Jordan Spieth almost won twice because um, Carlos Ortiz, the Mexican Jordan Spieth, was there and thereabouts. Um, Look at that. You'll never not see that again. Look at a photo of the side by side. It's wild. Um, But the day was highlighted, I think, by, you know, the 54-hole co-leaders shitting the bed, Mm -hmm. which they both did today. He was still in with a chance, Drudes, when he was approaching those final kind of five holes. Like he was still, I think, two shots back, yeah, maybe even one shot back when he was on 14. He'd birdied 13. I thought, okay, we're, we're all right here. Like he, you know, he'd birdied the par five 13th. He's got, what's he got left there? Five holes. A five-hole stretch that he, that he nutted on Saturday. I was like, okay, we're there and thereabouts. And then he goes... What's he go? Pa, 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 birdie. Yeah. See, I have a different answer to that. See, on 11, where he makes that bogey to end mm. three, he becomes three over. Mm. I felt like it was going to be too much at that point for a guy whose game's been nowhere. Yes, he's come off a, an immense Saturday and some very good golf the two days prior. That bogey. Really, I mean, he was only a couple of shots back or one shot or whatever we just said it was, but he it was going to be very tough from that point on. When you've got a guy like Brooks who's out in front of you playing some serious golf, you've got a little bit of pressure around you from, from guys like Xander who was playing quite well at that point. I just felt, even though it was still mathematically possible and, and there was a lot still going his way, I just had this feeling that on 11 it was going to be too much today. Mm. Today is not the day where it happens. And we just got to accept that it's going to be a hell of a round or a hell of a four days. And we, we accept the, the top five result and 
that's just what we've got for this. I probably, I probably should have answered that differently. When I knew he wasn't going to win was when Brooks chipped in for an eagle on 17. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> that, it was just his day. It's a dagger, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and I think that's um, I think that's undeniable. The the ball into 15, uh, the water on the left-hand side, was inexcusable. Can we talk about this? These, yeah, these stretch of three holes. For a guy that that hits a draw, like take fifteen is you know, take a take your hybrid, even though you topped that off the first tee today, which maybe should have been a sign as well. Um, take your hybrid out. Just take the take the water out of play. Why mm. are you flirting with the water at all for a guy who hits a huge draw? I just that was that was bad, and then. Yeah, 17 was excruciating. Yeah. Like, put himself in a position where he had to go for it, and he did. And and that that didn't that didn't run into the water. It didn't even crawl. It trickled mm-hmm. into the water. And he was begging with the it. Difference. Begging with it through the audio. I mean, yeah, 17, 17 was very hard to watch, but I agree with you. He absolutely had to go for it at that point. There was no way that he wasn't going to win the, the tournament. He's better off finishing T10 and, you know, than he is, than um, you know, finishing wherever. Fifteen was very, very hard to watch. Um, I just, yeah, I mean, the, the water's not even in play on the left. Like it no. shouldn't be in play. The fairway is that wide to where you're hitting the ball. The entry point, like I'm looking back at the shot tracker now, the entry point is the widest part of the fairway. Like, that, I think that just shows you how bad that driver is at the moment. It was the easiest hole on the course. I think it played under par across the four, the four days. A, a par five, it was a real missed opportunity for him to to make a birdie and at least put a bit of pressure on on uh, on the top or the leading guys at that point, Cage Lee and, and Brooks. But um, 17 certainly absolutely need to go. Need to go for it, and um, mm. yeah, to finish on a birdie eighteen. I mean, it was a bit of a bit of a kick, but uh, yeah. All in all, to give you, to give you an indication, he birdied. Um, he birdied fifteen on. Well, I mean, obviously on Saturday, he also birdied on Friday as mm. well. So, mm. look, I just yeah, I, in 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 many ways disappointing. In in other ways, I should have expected nothing less than that ball to go in the water on fifteen because it was almost as if it was written by that stage. It was, yeah, yeah I, I've not I've not been that flat for a while on a Monday and it's just because how personally invested I am in in, in this roller coaster ride that is, you know, tracking him and his progress week in, week out for the last two years, two and a half years. But I don't know, I, I think, I think he, I just think he deserves it. And that's going to sound so pissy, but Drew, there's so many guys that have been in such better positions consistently mm-hmm. over the past two and a half years in the same time that he struggled that don't nearly get the hard ride that he gets. Absolutely. There's a stat out today that you know he and Xander shared the 54-hole co-leads. Xander's 0-3 sharing 54-hole co-leads. Yeah. That guy never gets scrutiny. Tony Finau never gets scrutiny. Jordan Spieth, and it's only because he made a made a rod for his own back because of how good he played. You know, it's been seventy eight. I saw a stat. It's been seventy eight starts since his last win, the twenty seventeen Open Championship. In the seventy eight starts prior to that, and he won thirteen times. Mm. Once almost every six or seven events. I mean, this is an all. This is a Hall of Fame, no doubt about it. Gold star, all time player. 
And the guy's just, he's been in the jungle and gets ridden so much harder than guys that have been in positions again and again and shat the bed in the last couple of years. And I just think he deserved this win. He'll find it. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a stretch to say that he's back. I think he needs to sort his issues out off the, off the tee, but some of that golf Drudes was on, on Saturday was the best we've seen for a long, long time. Question here from Ramdog. How excited did Marshy get watching Spieth? I think we've covered that. I had to tuck it under the belt, Ramdog. Question. Oh, all right. Question from me to you. This is from at Nathan Trudy. Um, <laughs> specifically to Kieran. Yeah. Now you can define this however you want, but is Jordan Spieth back? Uh, I don't know. I think I've got so much scar tissue. And you think he's got scar tissue. Shit, I've got scar tissue. Yeah. It's so hard because he came out and shot 72 today, Mm. which, by the way, and I I don't want to sound like I'm continuing to fly the flag, but we talked about you know, where Brooks has been, three missed cuts in a row, first time his career, hasn't won since, you know, middle of 2019, was ranked, you know, in the 120s for um, strokes gain approach coming into this tournament. Jordan Spieth has only made three cuts so far this season of seven events played. Mm. He hasn't finished higher than T30. His scoring average has been 72 this year alone. So it probably shouldn't be all that surprising that he didn't win, but... It's hard to say is he back because he shot the fucking lights out. 60. He's never shot. 10 under is his best ever single round on the PGA Tour. Mm. I mean, I just hold or reserve judgment on this because I remember sitting in a similar position after the return to golf last year mm. um, where he finished. Uh, where did he? Finish. Jesus, I've lost the stat here. At the Charles Schwab, finished T10 last year after the return to golf, and, and we were so excited about where that was going to lead him. Um, and obviously, loves playing in Texas. Um, and then proceeded to really not offer a great deal. I mean, finished T13 at the Memorial, which was, was a fantastic result for him, but. Mm. I, I am reserving my judgment and I don't want to be negative about it because it's a fantastic story and I'm, I'm genuinely excited. And I think um, I hope people out there who listen to this don't think that I don't want Jordan Spieth to win, but you are much more in the boat than I am. I tend to try and sit back and, and not get him as invested in it um, and as disappointed as you do um, when when things don't go his way, but uh, which is important, I'm, I don't think both of us could be here. To be fair, <laughs> it's yin and yang. <laughs> mm. um, last question that came through. Sorry, j- just on that, the, yep. the thing that gives me hope, the thing I've not had a lot of hope. Yeah. On this specific, I don't want to say I don't, I don't want that to, to sound more broadly. I'm a pretty happy guy generally. I've not had a lot of hope on this specific issue as to whether or not he'll get back for some time. I've always had an innate belief because I, I refuse to believe that something that good could just disappear. But there hasn't been many promising signs. What we saw, Drudes, on Saturday, I was following because I knew this would be liquid gold around this round particularly, I was following Justin Ray earnestly 
with his stats coming through on on Saturday. And what we saw on Saturday from Spieth was harking back to that that golden run from like 20, 2015, 2014 through to 2017. Yeah. You know, there were stats coming through from Justin Ray, uh, like at one stage where there he was six under. He hadn't been um, six under or lower on a PGA Tour Saturday in 896 days. Yeah. There was another stat when he got to eight under. The last time he shot eight under or lower on a weekend PGA Tour round was Sunday at the 2018 Masters, where he hit 64, bogey the 18th in arguably, maybe alongside Phil Mickelson, the greatest final round in a major to lose when he lost to um, to he who must not be named. Uh, we saw flashes of what we know he's capable of. We haven't seen that in a while. We've no. seen it maybe in individual shots we've seen you know that ridiculous thing that only he and a handful of others are capable of to recover from behind a tree or buried in the bushes or on a side hill like we've seen that in individual moments we haven't seen him put it together for a round correct and i think that's what gives me hope because he was like he was shit ass for the first two days and still finished eight under going into saturday to put himself in a position yeah you know, the guy hit 23 fairways in four days. Like, I'm like, if he just gets that driver sorted, we could be there. He'll win. Yeah. I think he'll win. He's, yeah, it's, it's his one Achilles heel at the moment because everything else is so, so strong. Um, question from Braden McCumming Who will benefit more from this tournament's results, Brooks or Spieth? I think it's a fantastic question. Yeah, it is. I think you have to say Brooks. Yeah. Um, as much I as think, I want to say, <laughs> as much as I want to say, Spieth. Brooks's drought, as we said before, has been has been almost entirely related to his body. Mm. Uh, and to see him, you know, just just pop up after three missed cuts in a row. Jordan's missed four cuts this year. Yeah. Brooks has missed three in a row. Admittedly, it's not great. First time he's ever done it in his career, and then going and hits. Five under on a Sunday to to belt the field. Like, yeah, I I I, I can't in good faith say that that Jordan benefits more from this than than Brooks does. Yeah, it's a good question though. Really good question. Yeah, I think I think that Brooks is going to benefit more, mm. but it wouldn't surprise me if if this did catapult Jordan to some more consistent golf. And I'm not saying that it's going to be top fives or it's going to be contending. I'm talking about, you know, at least finishing in the top 20. Mm. Not missing well, cuts, yeah. not finishing in the top 40. I mean, we go to the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am this week, which we genuinely don't care about. Couldn't give a shit. Where he finished he top 10 last year. So, yep. I mean... Loves Pebble. <laughs> loves Pebble Beach. Who doesn't? But... Mm. Uh, I think I agree with you that, that this could, uh, well, this will benefit Brooks more, and which is a very scary proposition for the rest of the players on the PGA Tour. Hundred percent. Anything else on Jordan Spieth? I did. I no. thought I took a screenshot of something that I wanted to. I think more up. broadly, I just I don't want to get caught up in. This will naturally, already has, but will continue over the next couple of weeks, particularly if he strings together another good performance or two in the next few tournaments. This will 
inevitably turn into Izzy back. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I hope, I hope that we can appreciate this for what it is. And as golf fans, the gift that we got given on Saturday, and that is around, and as I said before, like just around that he was having fun. We haven't seen that in like three years and golf is so much better when he's on and he's having fun. 100%. Um, The last thing I had on Jordan Spieth was Mm. what happened on the 17th hole apart Huge. This is excellent. Like this has got to be the most bizarre story to come out of golf for quite some time. Just to kind of set the scene, maybe, Drew, for people who may not have seen the coverage. Yeah. Or, yeah, so he was obviously on a, on a roll, he had drilled some huge putts, huge putts in the lead up to, to 17 on Saturday and had a good, what do you reckon it was, like 30, 35 feet? Yeah. On yep. 17. And, and yep. one, of, one of the running themes through the day, and we haven't really spoken about it at all, um, and a big contributor to why he played so well was he that he rode the crowd yep. on Saturday. Like they were genuinely lapping up his form. And, and it was, I think, as if he was buoyed by it. It gave him an extra extra 10, you know, 20%. And it kind of culminated in this moment on 17 where he drills this long 30 to 35-foot putt and he's got the putter in one hand hanging over the shoulder and with the other hand he's pointing with a big smile on his face directly at the crowd across the water on the bank. And much was made of it in the coverage. There was talk about, you know, look how much he's lapping up the crowd. They're loving him. He's loving them. He's pointing at them now. This is back to the old Jordan where he was really that crowd favourite and playing it up in those big moments. Um, He got asked about it in his post-round press conference and turns out there was a little bit more to the story uh, behind the point on 17, which is where you come in now, Drew. Yeah, uh, there was a gentleman dressed as Borat. (laughs) <laughs> um, I mean, one of the all-time great characters and one of the all-time great Very movies. Nice. Um, I mean, how many times have I watched that movie? Every time I watch it, I pick up something something new. Um, essentially, the guys, the, the gentleman who was dressed up as Borat, his chair broke. He fell backwards. Everyone sort of started laughing and um, then he, then Spieth started getting into it and laughing and then, um, you know, when he eventually went back and, and made the part and then that's who he turned around and pointed at was was this gentleman dressed up as Borat. It turns out that the poor bloke, well, I mean, I, I don't know if it was a poor bloke, if there's more to the story, but all I can understand is the poor bloke ended up getting arrested <laughs> for it um, and, and removed from the premises. Uh, I mean, classic American cops. I mean, they don't do anything to arrest someone. Um and then uh, essentially that's the crux of the story. But if you go to the Australian Golf Digest website, there's a, a little bit of a photo um, sort of montage of what happens. <clears throat> In the first photo, there's a gentleman standing there dressed up as Borat. Uh, and then next to him, I think there's an even better bloke dressed up. Um, he's got an American flag face mask, which is half pulled down, a mullet wig, could be a real mullet, not really sure, and an ACDC shirt, beer in one hand and fist pumping with the other. It is fantastic viewing. There is so much going on and you can see it's blurred out, but you can see Spieth smiling, lining up his putt. It was a bizarre set of circumstances, but Christ, if it was to happen anywhere, it was going to be the Phoenix Open. 
obviously. That's uh, yeah. You, you, if you you couldn't script it better, to be honest, you and can go and watch it on Twitter. <laughs> it wouldn't actually happen anywhere else. No. So, a really nice moment with uh, yeah, quite a quite a funny backstory. Um, Dreads, we will work our way through a couple of other names in the field. Um, we've obviously taken a lot of time to speak about um, the winner and the one we all wanted to win. Yeah, as probably was expected when people tuned into this episode. But there are a couple of other names to pick out. Before we do so, though, Dreads. Need to make special mention of our good friends at Cobra Golf, a leader in golf club innovation, and their new family of rad speed drivers, fairways, and hybrids with an aim inspired by its key innovative technology, radial weighting. The entire line is aimed at maximizing performance for the full spectrum of players through optimized weighting and an array of advanced technologies. The design concept originated uh, from a popular formula in engineering called radius of gyration. They love the scientific technical terms, the uh, the team, the Cobra design crew, the distance from the club's centre of gravity to each weight or technology location. While distance is the number one attribute desired by golfers, it can come in different forms. Highlighted in Cobra's new drivers, the Rad Speed for fa- faster swingers, the Rad Speed XB for players who want distance through faster ball speeds and consistency across the base, and the Rad Speed XD for those who want distance while reducing their slice or creating a draw. Jeez, I'd love to see a draw, Druids. Yeah, my, my, my draw bias in my Cobra driver has been pushed to its limits of late, <laughs> um, but holding up well. So the, the new Rad Speed family, uh, you've seen it already on tour with the likes of um, and Ricky as well. You can own one too. So for more information, head to cobragolf.com where all rad speed products are available at retail and online now that's cobragolf.com for more information very good bryson was absolutely nutting the ball in saudi arabia over the past weekend so who do you want to go to xander yeah, very briefly. Um, I, I touched on it before. Owen three now, um, fifty-four hole leads or co-leads. Uh, there's there's some issues, I think, between the years. Uh, you know, to hit seventy-one today and fall, li- literally, Druids. He hits two hundred today. Wins tournament. Mm. And we could have said the same thing for Jordan Spieth, but. Xander Shoffley has been in far better form than Jordan Spieth in the last two and a half years, has been in this very position a number of times. Genuinely may not be able to get the job done. Oh, the serious questions now. Serious, serious questions. Yeah, he lost the tournament on 14 with the bogey uh, and then brought himself right back into contention with, with, with back-to-back birdies on 15 and 16. And, I mean, look, 17, uh, I think he was in the same position as I saw some people criticising his his choice to go for the green, but I thought he had to go for it um, on 17. Brooks was just about or, or nearly in the clubhouse um, at 19 under. I, I thought that he he absolutely had to go for it. Um, he makes birdie there and he, he makes birdie on 18, which he did, uh, and we're going to a playoff. So I think it was the right choice for him, but, Absolutely agree with you. I mean, to come out and, and be one over or to, to have two two bogeys through the first seven holes, and I know he birdied the ninth, but to have two over through the first seven holes uh, is, is not really good enough from a player of his standard, particularly where he was putting the ball to. I mean, I know he got very close on a number of occasions and um, – He's he's had a win in in every season since 2017. He had two in that year, in fact. Um, and he's uber uber consistent. His worst finish since the Travelers has been a pair of T25s at the Northern Trust in the BMW Championship, which is absurd. 
but the guy genuinely struggles um, to, to get it done when he's leading. I mean, I know he won the tour championship, which was just a or tour championship. If you look at the leaderboard and however you want to twist it, but it's, it's quite bizarre. I mean, you have to look, I mean, I, I don't really know what else I can say with Xander at the moment. Mm. It's just a bizarre set of circumstances that's going, going on. Agreed. Uh, also finishing in T2, KH Lee, uh, we mentioned this. We mentioned the, the incredible depth in the production line of South Korean golf, both for males and females. I mean, shit, the um, Korean Olympic team for golf will be stacked. Drones. Right. KH Lee um, now joins um, Siwoo Kim, um, Sung Jae-im, Ben Ahn. Like the, the talent coming out is immense. I just wanted to make special mention of KH Lee because not a name we've seen an awful lot of, Droots. Um, no. Just another seemingly um, to take the baton of um, the obviously the requisite uh, top five finish for a CJ ambassador uh, at the moment, which seems to be in place on the mm-hmm. PGA Tour. I stumbled across uh, this tweet earlier today from uh, Ewan Porter, who may or may not be a guest in the very near future on this podcast, one of the, the most popular members of the Australian golf community. How's this, Drudes? At the 2019 Memorial Tournament, so literally just over or just under two years ago, KH Lee had a three-stroke lead during round three, only to mm-hmm. finish 17 shots back. Jesus. Since then, he's missed 24 cuts. Finished T two today. Golf, eh? Huge. My That's favorite stuff. stuff about KH Lee came. Uh, it's got nothing to do with with golf. Um, I don't know if you heard the the extra information that was spat out on the broadcast today as they were coming down the stretch. Um, so he's an only son. If he was an, if he was not a professional golfer, he would be a singer. Took lessons in South Korea. Considered a career as a singer. K-pop. He's very shy singing in front of others, but has a good voice and enjoys listening to rock music. He was a shot put athlete before taking up golf at the age of 13. He started Jeez. to lose weight, but ended up falling in love with golf. His favorite motto is a rolling stone gathers no moss. And his bucket list item is a tour around the world and riding a motorcycle. This guy could be my new favorite golfer. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> Imagine wow. a, a shot putting 13 year old who wants to be a singer. Yeah. It's bizarre. I am going to be on the lookout for KH Lee at every opportunity now. I'd say there's almost more money in K-pop than there's in golf in Korea, to be honest. That's huge. Have you, yeah. I know we're going on another sidebar here, but have you ever done any sort of research on K-pop? I've Googled it. It is another world. Yeah, and probably why I've only Googled it and not gone any further. No, I mean... Slippery slope. I mean, the music's interesting, but... Mm. Anyway... Moving on, uh, I did want to make mention, Druids, briefly of the man who finished T7. Uh, unfortunately, dropped four places today with a final round 70. He was the third member of the final group, Scotty Scheffler. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mention this because a proud day for me. I can't remember since I've been watching golf earnestly with the final round in a PGA Tour event. Uh, sorry, the final group in the final round of a PGA Tour event has featured two Longhorns. Yep. There you go. University of Texas alum, Scotty Scheffler and Jordan Spieth in the final group today. So a proud, a proud day for, for Hook'em Horns. Very, very proud day for Hook'em Horns. Uh, Louis Oosthuizen? Yeah. I texted you last night and said it wouldn't be surprising if he won. Um, yeah. 
horrible day today. Well, I mean, he shot even par, but not good enough to be honest. The one I mean, that Saturday I did, 63, if, if, if Jordan Spieth doesn't hit 61, we're probably talking about Louis Oosthuizen. Yeah. I mean, the bloke had four bogeys on the back nine today. <laughs> doesn't, it's, not, it's not good golf. It's not going to help your case. That's terrible. T13, Rory McIlroy. Yes. Now, let's begin this with the question, the final question as I – oh, shit, I've lost it. Got to go back here. Uh, the final question that came in, why can't Rory shoot seven under when in contention? <laughs> Million-dollar question, Ramdog. Outstanding question from Ramdog. Just on that, Druids, um, 64 today is his lowest mm. final round score worldwide since he hit a 61 on Sunday at the 2019 Canadian Open. So, yeah, it's he's in a funny spot at the moment. I mean, like, I still reckon he wins this year at some point. Mm. Um, he's just he's just playing ominous golf. I don't know. I can't really describe it any better than that. But I mean, you shoot seven under um, on a. Uh, I mean, that was the low round of the day with Carlos Ortiz. But you shoot seven under on a Sunday, and Ricky, uh, Richie Warinsky, my apologies. Um, you shoot seven under on any final day that's going to put you in contention. And he rose something like 25 spots or something today. So, yeah. yeah. So certainly putting himself in contention, but yeah, the first, first couple of days are really, really putting himself, uh, putting the pressure on himself. He's got a bit of the David Warners about him. Loves a second innings, hundred, bit of junk time runs. Who doesn't though? <laughs> I mean, that's the dream, boys. isn't it? Making making runs when your team's getting absolutely dusted. That's yeah. when you want to make your runs. Load them up. So it's 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 a very fair and valid question from Randover. I'd love to see that in you know uh, rounds one, two, and or three um, would be fantastic from uh, from Rory. Uh, I want to make mention of Harold Varner. Jumped mm-hmm. three spots, finished T third, and he was my tip. Uh, as someone, uh, well, when you, if you remember, we had our hundredth episode. We did the questions. Uh, someone asked for a, a real roughie to rise the world rankings, and he was my tip because he's in the hundreds at the moment. Um, is Harold Varner the third? Uh, good little finish, uh, three sixty eight and a sixty seven across the uh, across the four days. So, very Goes to ninety one. Yes, and we'll go. take that. He's in. Yeah. At least the top 100. I say top, maybe top 50 if he's lucky. We'll see. <laughs> Who else did you have? I've only got one more that I want to mention. Uh, let me see if I can. I mean, also I... notable shout out to uh, Steve Stricker finishing T4. Huge. Very, Matthew very. Wolf uh, back in um, a week after withdrawing after the first round with a hand injury. So yeah. we said last week, we'd be interested to see what his next few weeks look like. Was it a hand injury or was it because I hit eight over? Yeah. Clearly it was um, B, not A. Yep which Correct. is a little bit disappointing. Uh, he finished T36 at nine under. Um, I don't think I have any more, and I can't naturally fall on who you might be talking about. Actually, I've got two a lie. One, just um, the best of the Aussies was Matt Jones at T30, finished 10 under. Uh, pretty tough week for the rest of the Aussies. Jason Day missed the cut. Um, the only other one that I had was a player who missed the cut, and that's Ricky Fowler. And I now think that he is in very much danger of missing the Masters. He drops to 63, only one spot in the world rankings. Um, I think he's in a bit of trouble at the moment, done. is Ricky. To be honest, I don't know that he's got the requisite time or tournaments to make up. I mean, if he wins the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, though, I mean, big tournament. <laughs> Christ, who cares? 
Oh, goodness me. Is that it? That's it. On the PGA um, Tour. We need to go, uh, albeit very briefly, because we fucking hate this tournament and everything about it, we do need to go to the other desert. Um, before mm-hmm. we do, though, Druid's a word from our friends at Future Golf, Australia's largest golfing community for younger players, providing access to some of Australia's best courses. Uh, your membership includes free rounds, over 100 discounted green fees across the country, a free pro lesson and ex-golf simulator session, and, of course, the all-important GA handicap. Of course, this time of year, summer, no better time to get out, play around with a few mates and a couple of beers. Future Golf delivers the perfect membership for you and your friends. The best part, though, is, of course, the price. 19th T listeners get a huge 20% off any Future Golf membership with the promo code the 19th T. So if you're looking for a place to play without the jacket and tie, look no further than our mates at Future Golf. Head to futuregolf.com.au forward slash join. And don't forget to use the 19th T promo code for a huge 20% off. Future Golf, play your way. Drewdster, a win for Dustin Johnson. Yeah, in, only in only the- very quickly. Sorry, KM. Um, yeah, a winner on the European Tour in Saudi Arabia. Um, I mean, yeah, as we mentioned, we don't love this tournament, but uh, can't not talk about uh, a very, very polished performance from DJ once again. Drove the ball exceptionally well. I mean, he's, you know, a very, very rich vein of form at the moment. I think the likes, as we keep mentioning, we haven't seen since Tiger's heyday. Um, Tony Finau again finishes in the top five, finishes T2 uh, alongside Justin Rose. And there are a few other big names in there. Hovland and, and Foxy finishing um, T6. He now heads home to New Zealand, which is good for him. DeChambeau finished T18, but... Um, other than that, just wanted to mention that uh, DJ finished in uh, first position again and GZ European Tour must be absolutely throwing the cash for appearance fees to these guys because, I mean, there's a lot of PGA wow. players on this list. Wowee. Yep. Deep pockets. Now, Very. I talk about they only have profitable years uh, when the Ryder Cup rolls around once every two years. Maybe in the off-seasons they shouldn't throw their money at PGA Tour players to appear in uh, murderous kingdoms. Correct. Uh, to play golf tournaments. Uh, one thing there, Druids, uh, you mentioned Tony Fenia, T2, 41st. You heard that right? 41st top 10 since 2017 without a victory. Can't get it done in the States. Can't get it done in the Middle East. <laughs> Cannot get it done, period. Congratulations, Tony. Uh, at home. We yeah. also had a tournament, the big PGA over the weekend, Reds. Yes, we did. Uh, very, very exciting down at Mona Lynx, which was, um, uh, I mean, just a, a wonderful course played over the, the two courses, the Legends and the Open, uh, one by Christopher Wood, 20 under par, uh, sort of flew home on the final day with a 67. Um, and, yeah, Pip's, Pip Michael Sim and, and James Anstis, who, who finished one shot further back, but... Uh, I, mean, I mean, a big week for a few of our uh, friends of the podcast. Uh, Blake Windred finished in outright fourth, two shots back from the lead. Justin Warren finished uh, four shots back. He was near the very top. It was just a, a rough round on Saturday for Wazza, unfortunately. He finished T5. Uh, Aaron Pike finishing in T8 and Zach Murray in T12 and, and Dimi Papadatos in outright 15th and Mav Ancliffe at T16. So... A good week for some friends of the pod, um, and congratulations to Christopher Wood. But um, great to see golf back in Australia. Very, very exciting, and we we stay. Uh, or we, I know we've got another fantastic tournament coming up this week 
um, again, which is going to be very exciting. It's great to see some level of golf playing consistently at the, the Moon Lynx Classic this week. So very much looking forward to that one again before we have a couple of weeks off and go to Sydney. Yes, good to see the tournaments rolling, um, albeit uh, courtesy of some some people willing to put the hard yards in as opposed to the governing bodies. Yeah. So would have loved to have seen one of the – we haven't had a genuine podcast bump yet. No. Um, that disappoints me because we really have some skin in the game through a number of guys that um, we've remained in touch with uh, post-interview that are, are genuinely good fellas and would love to see them share a bit of success. Mm on the tour. So I, I felt for was, I was really pulling for was this weekend. Um, yeah. I know the big fella deserves, deserves to hold a trophy above his head and hope to see that very shortly. Uh, I don't think it's too far away, nor is Blake Windred. He, he was mincing the ball, particularly on, um, on the final round there. We stormed home just to fall short. So yeah, it good, good to see a couple of friends of the pod do, do really well. And um, we'll keep a close eye on the moon of classic uh, as it approaches this weekend. Speaking of approaching Jutes, geez, we've got some, Guests coming. Goodness yeah. gracious me. So uh, we've got Mike Cocking of OCM Golf coming back for round two on this podcast. Um, hinted at it before, but we will also have you and Porter in the very near future. That's a chat we've both been thoroughly looking forward to for some yeah. time. It was fantastic. It was. He was outstanding. So looking forward to um, two parts. that. Two, it will be in two parts. A little longer than we anticipated. Um, <laughs> but shit, the guy's rounded. He's done some things. So that was important not to cut that off. Uh, and then some players, Druids. Um, we've got uh, coming up in the next few weeks, we have uh, Benny Eccles, we have Louis Dobler, we have Elvis Smiley, and we're hoping, uh, provided uh, travel schedules uh, align, to get Wade Ormsby on a bit yep. of a break now in two weeks um, off after Saudi Arabia with the European Tour before he jets off again. So hopefully... We'll snag Wade Ormsby in that time as well. Um, a winner, of course, on the European Tour in the last 12 months. It'll be great to have a chat to Wade about how he's going on, uh, unashamedly, the most favourite tour of this podcast. Yes, correct. And Brett Rankin too. We had a <laughs> we did hint at that last week, so apologies if you're waiting for Brett's interview. But um, technical issues when you record via Zoom uh, didn't download to my hard drive. So Technical uh, issues have, in fact, plagued that whole chat. Um, yes. It's been a bit of back and forth with... With Brett, he's an excellent fellow, though, so we will definitely, um, we'll definitely fix that issue, and he will be on in the uh, in the near future as well. That we will. Couple of housekeeping items, of course. Uh, follow us on the socials. Uh, leave us review, whatever on Apple. That'd be greatly appreciated. We've launched a TikTok, Marshy. We're on TikTok. That's what yeah, the- I thought it was talk tick, but that's good. I'm glad you're on top of it. That's, that's great. All, that's what all the kids are on these days. So go follow us on TikTok if you want to see some very um, average golf videos and golf content and me trying to create viral videos. I mean, we got we got some good views on on uh, some little videos from the uh, President's Cup. One of them had 11,500 views. It was a bit bizarre. It's wild. Yeah. <laughs> you told me you launched a TikTok account and you messaged me two hours later saying there's a video of 11,500 views. Insane. Yeah. See, this is I, this is where I don't understand the platform. So, um, yeah, that's no, that's up to 11,900 11, views. So, exciting. Um. And we've got the shirts are in, the caps are on their way. So if you haven't ordered your shirt and your cap, make sure that you do so um, because there's only very limited stock left of both of those. And last but certainly not least, I can't leave this episode without mentioning backspinners. 2-0 up, um, 
KM, any thoughts um, on, on Backspinners, which has just recently been launched as of last week, getting some if, good traction online? If you have watched it, um, can't say again, I was atrocious, um, ashamed of my performance, really wanted to get to Western Australia and give a far better account of myself. And I'm disappointed that it ended in the way in which it did. If you haven't watched it, don't bother. Um, yeah. Just tune back in for episode three. I'm not loving the fact that I'm um, 0-2 in this um in this in this contest, I think my pride gets in the way. Um, to your credit, you, you have offered me um, strokes, um, given the the small uh, disparity in our handicaps, and I said, "No, fuck you, I'll take you." Especially mm-hmm. in match play, I'll back myself. And um, yeah, you 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 wiped the course with me and uh, Joondal up there. Hell of a spot though. Yes, I not have enjoyed the result, but I really enjoyed the track. Beautiful, beautiful course of Joondal up. It was a very enjoyable day. Whitney Hillier's course. Home course, of course, as well. Um, so hopefully we get out there and play with her at some point. Um, I did just want to mention very quickly before we go, um, at ZZ Golf. Now, um, got this message. We get a lot of stuff that comes into our inbox that goes to our, whatever it's called, the, the, the filter folder um, on Instagram. So um, it took me a little while to get to this one, but it was a video of him making um, his first ever birdie. Uh, fantastic video playing in just a button-up shirt. And I, I think what looks like a pair of RM Williams boots, which is just elite in itself, <laughs> that I, I love it. Great. Um, it's fantastic, fantastic content. Just nailing a putt in from off the, off the green with the old Texas wedge. It's the boys just out there having a great, great time playing golf. And that's what our podcast is all about. To my point, if you've got any photos or videos of you making birdies, send them through and we'll post them on our page. We'll put a little collab together and uh, we'll, we'll make us make Saturday birdies a thing. So hundred percent bit of a shout out there. Done. Drewster, uh, hell of a week. Thank you for accompanying me to my um, Jordan Spieth attic meeting. Uh, <laughs> it was good to share some, some thoughts after a chaotic weekend. It's always cathartic to get to this group every Monday night and, and speak my feelings. So I appreciate your support through what has been a difficult, uh, difficult and emotional weekend for me. I've no doubt that we will we will see him win sometime in the future and we got a little bit more of a glimpse of that, um, which was special. On Saturday, uh, as you said, um, the tournament and the tour heads to Pebble Beach for the Pro-Am. Um, unless something incredible happens, don't expect a Monday review. Because uh, it's an absolute fucking Mickey Mouse competition. So um, unless, of course, Jordan wins, and then we'll obviously probably do two hours. Yeah. Um, you oh, get wow. you and Porter. Two parts of you and Porter. It's even better. Outstanding, Drew. It's a pleasure as always. Um, a pleasure as always to be in the ears of our listeners, uh, and we look forward to doing so again very shortly. Take care of yourself.